podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In these uncertain times that we are facing, it has never been a better time to make sure your home is safe. You can go many of the different traditional ways, but I'm going to tell you a better way that doesn't have a messy installation or cost a small fortune. Go to simplysafe.com. It is the CNET Editor's Choice Award winner two years in a row for best home protection. It's going to blanket your home in the best safety in the world. You get comprehensive production for the entire home, outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts. You'll know if anyone's approaching, you're going to know if there's motion, glass breaking, or many other things that will trigger sensors to help you out. And guess what? Anyone can do it. Anyone can set it up. It's going to take you 30 minutes, maybe an hour tops. There are no trade-offs, and your house is going to be safer than it's ever been. Not only that, you'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice. 247365. That's any time, any day, any minute of any day 50 cents a day no contracts and boom it's yours that's why the verge calls simply safe the best home security system if you go to simplysafe.com slash team today that's simplysafe.com slash team today you're going to get free shipping a 60 day risk free trial and boom you're in business simplysafe.com slash team now let's get into the show The moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. Bosco's boys. Come on, boys. The boys are back, and uh, we are definitely in full-fledged off-season mode. Last week was our second anniversary Q&A show, and uh, now we are in the uh, fun times of the off-season. God willing, it'll only be you know a four-month off-season, but the way things are going, it could be a you know 18-month off-season. <laughs> who, who knows? Uh, but. But we'll, uh, we're all in this together, and we will ride it out. Grant, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Um, I wish it was warmer outside. That was cheering me up a little bit. So this drop in temperature sucks, but, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's just a small blip, I think. So we'll be back to the sun, and we can pretend that we can, you know, have lives outside of this quarantine when it's, when it's nice out again. Yep, I think it gets back. We're recording this on Saturday the 4th, I think, tomorrow on Sunday, and then the rest of the week it'll get back in the 60s outside of, you know, this cold stuff. I had to turn on my thermostat this morning when I woke up in my apartment. It was like 56 degrees because I had not turned heat on or anything, and I, uh, it got pretty cold last night. Right before you called me because it's cold as hell on here. I can't. I couldn't wait any longer, so I'm with you. Yeah, so we are going to dive in from the title of this show. It is going to be the first uh, full episode that we have dedicated to conference realignment. Um, We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, what it was like as young K-State fans. We were in high school and freshman college uh, when the wave of destruction hit the Big 12 and college sports landscape was changed forever Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about the Andy Staples article. That's actually what really spawned this on. Uh, It seems like a year ago, but really it was just about a month ago. He had an article saying that the Big 12 should target the Pac-12 and basically end the Pac-12 as a conference and take four to six members from them. And then we're going to talk about different dream scenarios. I think uh, part of the dream scenarios are quote-unquote somewhat realistic i think at the end we'll just kind of draw up our dream conferences without any logic or realism to it but uh we're just going to jump all in before we get into any of the basics uh, just as a macro level 
how crazy is it that, you know, just in our lifetimes, we've seen the conference K-State's gone into from a very traditional, long-term, stable conference, the Big 8, to the Big 12 with Texas teams added, and then so much uncertainty, and now a conference that, uh, you know, uh, a six-year-old Scott would not recognize at all as being the conference K-State plays. What's that like looking back for you? I can't hear you. Sorry, I had you on mute. I had a great sentence going there, too. Um, I mean, it's really weird. A lot's changed, obviously, in 10 years, but so much changed in that time period 10 years ago in just a short period of time that it's honestly actually kind of surprising that not more has changed. It's surprising, looking back on it, that we came out of it with the majority of you know the staple Big 12 teams uh, remaining in the conference and that we are now kind of more stable than we ever have been. So... It's interesting. Um, I don't think conference realignment is over, um, as Andy Staple suggests. Um, the Pac-12 is obviously struggling quite a bit, so um, I think there's going to be more to come, and the landscape is just going to change further. Yep, so the the article that he referenced, he basically says that the Big 12 should take USC, UCLA, Oregon, Washington, and the Arizona schools. We'll come back to talk about that a little bit later, those specific scenarios. But first I want to dive into what do you remember when this all started? Um, I know at least my memories kind of began with the Big Ten announcing that they wanted to expand. Then Missouri actually was the one who really started flirting, you know, throwing themselves at the Big Ten, showing their hindquarters and all that type of stuff, trying to get invited up to the Big Ten um, what do you remember of when this all started, even before teams started to leave? Do you remember uh, the Missouri, you know, basically begging to get into the Big Ten? Or when do, do, do your memories come into play with this? I mean, I honestly don't remember the initial thing that kind of started it. It all kind of mashes together. What I remember most is the fear of the of our of Oklahoma, Texas, going to the Pac-12, which we're going to touch on later. But, I mean, generally, I just remember being very angry <laughs> and very angry at teams like Missouri and Nebraska that were flirting with the Big Ten. Um, but it was mainly driven by fear <laughs> for K-State. Uh, I knew if we if the conference did fall apart um, and other conferences began, began to court, you know, Big 12 schools, and I just kind of felt like the writing was on the wall for us. It felt like we would be left out and – I was just terrified more than anything. Yeah, it was not a it, it was not a good time, and it always would happen. You know, around this time of the year, you know, basketball would just have ended, getting ready for spring and summer conference meetings, and it would just create a stressful spring and summer. So, uh, you touched on it, and I went back and I tried to find you know, the first time it was mentioned and try to figure out what it truly was. But for the most part, uh, the Pac-12 then, after the Big Ten started talking about trying to get up to uh, 12 or 14 teams, the Pac-10 or Pac at the time uh, started to decide they wanted a mega conference. Every article I found referenced Colorado, Oklahoma, Texas, and then depending on which article, sometimes Oklahoma State, sometimes Texas Tech, or then some of the articles had all all three of those schools, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Tex Texas Tech creating a 16-team power conference. That obviously would have been the end of the Big 12 as you know it, and you said that is when you really start to remember things. What were your thoughts when that happened, and was there like a mo like a low moment during all that mega Pac-12 talk that you thought, oh God, uh, we're, we're done for, this is over? Definitely. I mean, this was, so I guess looking on Wikipedia, which is obviously not the greatest source, but I think it is a pretty damn good source for things most of the time. This would be considered the first wave, and the second wave would be, you know, like Texas A&M and Missouri going to the SEC. But this one was much scarier for me because uh, it truly seemed at the time inevitable that like Oklahoma and Texas and company were Pac-12 bound. Um, you know, if we had lost even one of Oklahoma or Texas, the conference was pretty much dead. Um, I mean, looking just at the Wikipedia 
article reference, referencing this, ESPN cited sources within the Big 12 that basically reported Texas, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State would join the Pac-12 no later than June 15th. And I remember that very well. I, cause to me, it just seemed like it was set in stone. Um, and it, it truly felt that way. I mean, I thought it was a done deal. And honestly, I was just devastated. I was, I was devastated, obviously, because the writing was on the wall for K-State. Um, and it looked like we would end up pretty much, no matter what, in every scenario that we tried to break down in a lesser conference. But I was more sad, you know, just that a conference and teams that I grew up loving was pretty much no more. Yeah, I, I remember that. I think it, it's like Chip Brown at like orangepower.com or some shit like that. And uh, like he was just having a daily update. It was on the ESPN bottom line. And just this feeling of helplessness kind of set in because, you know, this is right as we're about ready to start our college years. I'm thinking to myself, yeah. oh, man, like K-State, by the, I'm going to go in, have one year of the Big 12, and then we're going to be like in – like a, a Mountain West or like a precursor to the American. I I just remember being super down thinking, oh, man, like this isn't going to happen. Uh, or no, it is going to happen that just nothing good is going to come from it. It was just a dark time. The only good thing that came out of this, and I know you're not as much of a go Ema guy as I was, but they had the most epic and long ongoing message board thread about conference realignment. That was just like, must read for me like I, I i was just hitting refresh 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 it was 10 20 pages every day it seemed it, it, it was just a saga that was just you know helpless you know at first you're thinking oh you know it's just missouri and then all of a sudden when the pac-12 came and exposed all the angry warts amongst uh the big 12 constituents it just seemed uh like it was just over and just depressed and college sports was basically over as we knew it. But uh, there were some rumors at the time of K-State and other misfits trying to find their way either into like the big East or whether they were going to join, uh, you know, an a the ACC or like I was holding on to hopes of those so we could still be a BCS conference. But what seemed the most inevitable was joining the mountain West or the precursor to the American. So in those moments, I actually have an old Facebook post that occasionally pops up. I think it's in April or May in my memories where it's a hodgepodge of Mountain West schools. And I'm convincing myself, oh, this is actually going to be fun playing Colorado State and BYU and Boise and all this type of stuff. And it was it's like the most depressing Facebook post I haven't deleted from the past. It's just it's just crazy to look back on it. Do you think. When you look back on it, did you convince yourself of, oh, this is going to be all right? Did you did you get past the denial stage and try to, you know, reconcile with your depression? Or were you never on board of finding a way to accept what was about to be a far lesser conference? No, I mean, by that time, I was pretty much dead inside. Because um, it seemed, like I said, no matter what the outcome for K-State, unless we somehow snuck into the Big Ten or something, which wasn't going to happen, it was going to be a raw deal for uh, um, Looking back on it, um, I remember Bill Self stated, um, and this was like right around when TCU joined, he was talking about how basically the Big East had offered us or would have offered us membership, and by us I mean you know, K-State, KU, Iowa State, and Missouri. And, I mean, that was gross as hell to me. Obviously, the Big East, I'd never really rated it. But looking back, let's look back at the Big East just for a second for fun. Um, the time, which what was this, like 2010? Uh, it was an absolutely elite basketball conference, um, especially that year. I mean, looking back, it had 16 teams. I forget about this. The Big East was the basketball conference, pretty much. It had number four, Syracuse, number six, West Virginia, number nine, Villanova, number 14, Georgetown, number 18, Pitt. And then other teams like Marquette, Louisville, Notre Dame, South Florida, they all had over 20 wins that year. Other teams like Cincinnati and UConn, who obviously UConn's a, a basketball staple. They have got multiple titles. So the idea of joining the Big East from a basketball perspective was is actually pretty appealing, I mean, at the time. But, you know, we're football guys at heart, and the reality is that football is the driving force for realignment because it's the true moneymaker. So all of that seemed unrealistic, and in, inevitably it proved to be false. But, God, the idea of joining the Big East 
uh, you know, as a football team, a football conference that only had eight teams and all of them were basically bang average. I mean, that would have made would have made the big big East, Big Twelve, or not a Big Twelve, but a twelve team conference and a, a twenty team basketball conference. I just ugh, Wolf City. I mean, I want to pull up the Big East football that year, but I, if I recall, at least in 2010, their best team at football conference was UConn, and they were like eight and five. I mean, I would have been suicidal had we been in the fucking Big East for football. Yeah, what's crazy is that there's the uh, there's even the 30 for 30 the uh, requiem for the Big East, and it's funny that the Big East as a basketball conference, they're trying to get back to that. But it, it, if the Big 12 would have collapsed and they would have taken over the misfits, whoever was left over, and saved the football side of their conference, and because the Big East football conference is no more, it is interesting to think what the landscape of the Big 12 would have been uh, if that had happened. Because you have to think that then staves off the American Athletic Conference from being created that might be enough to help keep Louisville, West Virginia, Pitt around, uh, keep it from collapsing. So it really is that that might be the bigger, you know, what if when it comes to this round of conference realignment uh, is if the Big 12 would have collapsed, would those teams going to the Big East have been enough to save them as a football playing conference? And you got to think whoever the conference commissioner at that time is still probably wakes up in a cold sweat because he undoubtedly lost his, you know, million dollar a year job because the football side of the conference collapsed under his watch. So uh, that can't be a good feeling. And, but I agree with you. I could maybe talk myself into being okay with it. If we were sitting here and it hadn't collapsed and I was having to think about playing Cincinnati in football, like whatever, I, I maybe could have done it, but it, it just is super. Gross. I mean, we would have become deluded West Virginia fans that for years would be frauding our way to tons of wins, and I just would not be able to accept that. Ugh. Yes, it, uh, just disgusting. So we will move on. Ultimately, uh, Colorado was the only school who left the Pac-12. I, I think uh, striking the deal for the Longhorn Network, changing away how some of the conference allocations money-wise were done and the ESPN promise of a new contract was enough to keep the majority of the schools. But Colorado ultimately left. And I remember at least the talking points on Kansas City sports talk at the time was, oh, that makes sense. Colorado never really was a fit. They didn't like being in the Big 12. Their alumni bases in California. I quickly got over that. And even, I mean, they're probably the school I think the least about uh, now that this is all over. But then the one that really hurts is it's Nebraska, not Missouri, who ends up going to the Big Ten. So talk me through what your emotions were when this all happened. The relief of, hey, the Big 12 isn't going to die, but then losing these two Big 8 teams that K-State's been playing in competition since the 50s, since the 40s. Yeah, um, I mean – I think we all knew, though, that that relief was only momentary. Um, everyone could see that there was a crack in the foundation of the conference, and all the talk was around the country was about super conferences, and the Big 12 was you know, still being vulnerable and was on the chopping block. So I was relieved, but I didn't really feel a sense of uh, stability. Um, and also, I mean, I was pissed off. I mean, Colorado and Nebraska were staples of my sports life. In hindsight, you look back in Colorado, they're pretty much irrelevant at this point. But the battles that we had with those teams growing up, I mean, they were not just soon forgotten. Colorado had been in the Big 8 Conference since 1947 in Nebraska. We all know, you know, they were associated with the core of the Big 12 and the in the Big 8 um, since 1907. So it was a devastating change for me personally. Uh, I hated to see those teams go, um, especially, you know, they were – not only had they been around forever, but they were our two, basically our two biggest rivals um, of the north side of the conference in terms of football. So it was tough. Um, it all just felt really short-sighted and petty just to break those long-term relationships and alliances. And still to this day, I mean, I miss playing those teams, particularly Nebraska. I think that they, I think they all made mistakes. I, I just, I don't know. I'm still pissed about it. 
Yeah, I, I'm still upset, mainly, like I said, with Nebraska personally. Like, yeah, I mean, I Colorado could come back cool. Um, I think as you'll see in our exercise later, I'm not someone who is dying to have Colorado in a conference again. It does suck for Nebraska because I think ge- just pure geography, like they belong with playing K-State, KU, Iowa State, like even, you know, Missouri, all this type of stuff. It just makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's like not even two hours from Manhattan. I don't think maybe it's longer. I don't know. I made the drive for that last basketball game in less than two hours. I mean, I drove fast though. Um, so it, I miss them. I miss them a lot. And uh, it, it does suck. And it, what, what does still kind of sick in my craw and spoiler alert as we're working through this, Missouri's one of the next ones to leave. It does really bother me that, you know, almost half of the big eight were the ones that left. Yeah. Um, I'm not dumb enough to think that in the world of big money in college athletics that, you know, the big eight would have been able to be a long-term viability without the Texas schools. Um, I'm not that dumb. I know there's some people who run their mouths and say adding the Texas schools was the big, biggest mistake of all time. Rabble, 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 whatever. It just sucks that, uh, you know, it, it was of the four teams that left, it was three of the big eight ones that we had the longest history. And that still to this day really does kind of bother me. I mean, yeah, I agree. It all, a lot of it feels very artificial now. Um, I mean, Nebraska's had to, I've talked to many Nebraska fans and I've, I know one here that's basically completely lost interest in Nebraska sports. Probably part of that has to do with their being basically completely irrelevant because they're terrible, but most Nebraska fans that I talk to, they're like, I would rather still be in the Big 12 um, despite, you know, making making more money, I guess. Um, they'd rather be in the Big 12 because of the relationships that they once had. I mean, they grew up with that, and geographically it makes so much more sense. The games were just have so much more history to them. And, you know, maybe 50 years down the road, if we're all even alive, they'll, they will have built – a foundation, you know, within the Big Ten, but it's just not the same. And it's not the same for us either. I miss playing them. Yeah, it, it is funny, though, to see the fake forced rivalries like Nebraska and Iowa and Nebraska and Minnesota, just completely just plastic rivalries, and Missouri with the border war line trophy with Arkansas. It's just so plastic, and it's just – it just does suck, and again, I'm a realist. I understand why it happened, but college sports, the reason why it's different from rivalries in the professional leagues, the reason why it's different from everything else is because you have these institutions that have been playing each other forever, and you have all this wacky history. Like, you have contested games. You have, like, games that happened in, like, 1930 that had, you know, ROTCs stabbing each other on the field with swords. Like, just obscure history amongst all these schools and then when you leave it just it's just all thrown away for just plastic fake forced rivalries and it's it is disappointing but we will move on because it wasn't much relief because it happened you know just you know the very next spring the sec decided that they want to expand again they want to get up to 14 teams and i think the big 10 said that they wanted to get up to 14 teams um, we're going to keep it focused just on the impacts on the Big 12. But the SEC starts that back up. The rumors of Texas, the rumors of Oklahoma, the rumors of two Texas schools, two Oklahoma schools. It goes back and forth, back and forth. Like I said, the eventual okaying of the Longhorn Network and the changes in conference distribution uh, meant Texas was going to stay, meant Oklahoma was going to st- stay so the SEC moved on to their next best options. Uh, Missouri obviously immediately started throwing themselves at the SEC uh, because they had already made their bed. Uh, some people say it stems all the way back to them being passed up for the Orange Bowl back in 2008. Now I think they just think of themselves being bigger than the minnows that they are. Um, and then Texas A&M is the exact same. They didn't want to be the little brother. They got tired of living in Texas's shadow they thought the only way they could ever amount to anything was leaving. Um, what went through your mind during the second round 
seeing the Big 12 picked off once again. Um, for me, it was a little bit of the same. Really hated to see Missouri go. Didn't bother me a ton to see A&M go. Uh, until it was all over, I was nervous it was going to end again. But the ultimate you know, cash out the ultimate ending of this round was, hey, everything is in place for, you know, at the time, 20, I mean, 20 or 22 years, an agreement with ESPN and Fox. Uh, so it brought my blood pressure down a little bit. Take, take me through that second round through your eyes. Yeah, I was definitely worried, but I think somehow I was less worried because it felt like we'd survived the first wave. And I felt like even if, if we had lost more teams, we could add to the conference at this time because the teams that were the foundation of the conference at the time, Oklahoma and Texas, I mean, they still are, um, they were going to stay. So it felt like you know the tables had turned slightly um, and we would be in the market to court schools um, for additions, uh, whether they would be equally equal or better or lesser than the schools that we were going to leave, I wasn't sure. But I did feel like we had at least – some stability knowing that Oklahoma and Texas weren't necessarily flirting with the Pac-12 anymore and that they were going to be staying for the time being. But it was kind of just a simultaneous feeling of dread and comfort that that we would probably be sticking around. I feel like you skipped a question. Did you want to add? Yes, I, I was going to come yeah, back. I want to go back to that because I want to ask you a question. Yes. Yes. So just real quick before we do go, go back to that question that I did skip, um, the Big Ten at that time did make some curious additions. I believe that is around the time they added Rutgers and Maryland. Uh, hindsight's twenty twenty, but man, looking back at that, I don't understand why they maybe didn't do a full court press on Oklahoma and Texas or Oklahoma KU and all that type of stuff because it always seemed that there were rumors of two teams uh, one of which being Oklahoma, whoever the second was always up in the air going to the Big Ten. That never seemed to have as much smoke as any of the other defections that happened. Are you surprised at that? And granted, we're both ecstatic that happened because, again, even if it was just Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, I don't know if the conference survives just on Texas. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, it is surprising when you see well, – it's surprising that – we were so worried at the time, and then ultimately the Big Twelve and or the Big Ten ended up adding fucking Rutgers. Like, how did that happen? I I will never know. But um, I don't know. I mean, why didn't they go after Oklahoma and Texas? It's an interesting question. Maybe they just geographically. I mean, how far Oklahoma is not that far from from Big Ten territory. Texas is pretty far. I just feel like maybe they thought it was a bit of a stretch, but. It was certainly doable. I mean, they're stretching all the way to Rutgers. Know, it doesn't make sense <laughs> that, that that Rutgers made the cut. For I mean, that's a great question because it's utterly well, that, in hindsight. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know why they wanted it. They wanted the Big Ten Network in the New York City cable market. Right. And they wanted Maryland because it, that gets you into the D.C. TV market. I mean, makes sense. It just really those two seem like the funniest additions uh, as we sit here in 2020. So let's go back to that question I did skip over. Um, the Big 12 had made the decision that they were going to stay as a 10-team league. When that came through after the first line of realignment, were you happy about that or were you upset that there was no longer going to be divisions? We were going to round robin. And we weren't going to try to replace Nebraska and Colorado. I was pissed. I wanted to get back to 12 badly. Um Sometimes I still want to go back to 12, but I mean, mainly I thought it meant that we would be habitual bottom feeders for the foreseeable future. Uh, I was a young fool, and I think I bought more into the propaganda of it's impossible to win at K-State more than I'd like to admit. But the concept of a round-robin schedule just seemed very daunting for a school like K-State. You know, we just can't reload every year. We can't compete like that at the top level every year. That's the goal, of course. But the reality is we've never been on that level. That's never been us. Um, ironically, since then, though, we've won more championships in two major men's sports than we have in previous years in the system before. So, I mean, what the hell do I know? But I'd like to ask you a question. Let yes. you touch on that first. Well, I mean, I, I, I'm in the exact same page. I thought to myself, and I think I had conversations with my dad at the time, which a uh, shout out to Kevin McFarlane. His birthday is on Wednesday. Uh, yes, Wednesday. 
Uh, so shout out to him. Happy birthday to him. I think we had a conversation about saying, you know, a, a season, I think we use like 2003 as an example. Hey, there's never going to be a time where you can have a good team. You can screw up a couple times and still find a way yeah. to win a big 12 title. I think that always kind of stuck with me. And I think I also look at, uh, again, just small minded, you know, 17, 18 year old, just an absolute idiot child. I kind of looked at KU's one magical season and thought to myself, well, K-State will never have an opportunity where you get an absolute layup of a season similar to KU, uh, which is at that time, I thought to myself, well, that's the only way we're going to win 10 games again. Little did I know we were going to be on the brink of another national championship, have multiple top 10 seasons, and then be right on the cusp of competing for Big 12 titles multiple times. Um, you know, even just as far back as, you know, the Jake Water senior year, you know, again, I, I try to gloss over it just as much because I'm a Daniel Sands guy. But, I mean, we were playing on the final week of the season for a share of the Big 12 title. So I think ultimately it ended up not uh, coming to fruition, my fears, and I'm very happy about that. And in hindsight, I'm very happy with the uh, 10. Round robin and double round robin basketball is the way to go. Yeah, so that's a question I'd like to ask you. Um, you know, today, do you prefer the old style of the Big 12 where it's two divisions that meet at the end in the championship or the round robin style? And which type of conference do you think benefits K-State the most? Well, it kind of changes a little bit now that there is a Big 12 title game. I agree. Um, when there wasn't a Big 12 title game, um, I enjoyed it. I don't mind split titles. I don't... Uh, like that doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm someone who claims all of K-State's Big 12 titles uh, the exact same, whether 2003 in the championship game format or 2012. Like I, I think of those as the exact same. Um, I think that, go ahead. You would be correct because they are the same. Yes, they are. The trophy, the trophy and the banners live forever. But uh, so I think ultimately if, if my stance is, what I prefer most as a fan getting to watch games, I enjoy round robin 100%. I think if you're in what is best for K-State football, the program, I think that round robin with no championship game is number one, old divisions with unbalanced scheduling is number two, and then the current format is the worst. Because at least currently until Coach Kleiman and his staff get to the point of their reloading a ton, um, I don't know how consistent they can beat the best team in the Big 12 twice or in a singular game that could be the difference between going to the playoff and not. So that's where I come down on it. Where do you come down on on those questions? Oh, man. I mean, I, I go back and forth. I really do miss the old style where, you know, North versus South. Um, I think it made, like, I think it made the North games, you know, much more interesting and crucial for the regional implications. I mean, you have to win. You have to win those North games. But I also loved the South, like, rotation. I think it made those games feel very unique, um, almost like, um, you know, almost like a non-conference games um, because you, you only get to play Oklahoma every couple of years or Texas or A&M every couple of years. And I just love the feeling of, like, a refreshed schedule every few years because it just seemed new every time, like, Oklahoma and Texas, they were a lot more foreign to to us back then because we didn't see them every year. So it just felt more unique. It's like, wow, Texas is coming in this year. I'm pumped. And Texas was fucking elite back then. So, But as far as the competitive edge goes, um, man, who knows? I mean, I feel like it kind of did give us a better chance at a championship back in the day. I mean, which I, I still kind of believe it does. I and mean, we went to three titles um, in six years. Obviously, you know, I'm aware that coincides with basically the peak of K-State football, but it also coincides with great Nebraska teams and great Colorado teams that we had to um, go against as well as, you know, those South team rotations that were also pretty damn good. Um, now, I think this is easily the toughest scenario. You have to finish in the top two, and you have a fucking championship game. Um, yeah, no doubt much tougher. Um, I think we are in probably the most difficult conference in the country in terms of trying to get yourself uh, to the to the playoff, at least. But I, I certainly miss the old style. Um, 
but it is nice being able to play everyone. I, I, I can kind of, I can kind of go both ways. You know what's crazy? You brought up that run of championship game births, which is crazy. But you know, if you look back on it from 2000, the 2011 football season to the 2014 football season, we were competing for a Big 12 title on the final game of the season, or a chance at the Big 12 title on the final game of the season happened three times in that stretch. Which one? Okay, so we got 2011 where if everything would have gone right, it, well, honestly, it actually comes down to if, if, uh, if, uh, oh, what was it? Oklahoma State on the final game of the regular season, they lose that, we get the a share with them. Then we win it in 2012, and then 2014, if we just beat Baylor, on, uh, was it? Yeah, if we beat Baylor on the final game of the regular season, we'd get a share of it. Yeah, that's kind of a good point because, and in the old system, I mean, if you fuck up a North game, that's basically it. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a game and a half. One team, you know, like 1997, we went 11 and one. For God's sake, we lost to fucking Nebraska, and that's it. I mean, there goes your shot at the Big 12 title. You lose one game, you could be out. So yeah, it's it is kind of limiting. Yep. So we will move on. Um, so two teams leave. You want to say a 10-team conference? It was time to load a backup. Ultimately, they land on TCU and West Virginia, uh, leading to the collapse of the Big East. Because if memory serves me correctly, we took TCU, who was getting ready to leave the Mountain West to go to the Big East uh, to help keep them alive after some defections to the ACC. Um, So there we are. We're back to 10. What was your opinion? What were your thoughts when we landed on those two teams? And what are your thoughts? What are your feelings nowadays with those two teams? I think at the time I was like, oh, cool. Um, But now I pretty much hate both of them. Um, I don't hate TCU, but I certainly hate West Virginia. They're way too far away. They're just annoying as hell. They have this air about themselves that they're some elite program, and they truly are not. I mean, they've done absolutely nothing since they joined the Big 12. Um, TCU, I I do not really understand that addition at all. I mean, we had Texas, the market in Texas locked down. TCU's a small, uh, private, uh, religious school. It's just, it's an, it's an odd, it's an odd addition. Um, obviously, they were pretty good in football. They've, they've been very good in football in the conference uh, at times. I like Gary Patterson. That's about it, though. Like, literally, my respect for Gary Patterson is what, gives TCU a pass. But other than that, I don't really give a shit about either of those two additions. Yeah, I, I'm i in the same. I think um, when it immediately happened, I was like, oh, cool, like TCU, another Texas team, like that makes sense. Um, again, I'm an idiot 18-year-old or 19-year-old at this point. West Virginia I never thought was a good decision. Um, I, just, I just thought it just didn't make sense. Too far away, Eastern time zone. Um, just I just wasn't about it. Um, it was going to be cool to have Huggins in the conference, so kind of like the inverse of you know Gary Patterson's cool to have him. West Virginia, it's cool. So here's my question: If you 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 know 28, 29, are you you're still 28, right? 28 year old Grant goes back in time and he gets to choose the two teams to come. And granted, you got to keep in mind at this this point in time. Uh, you weren't taking from the Pac-12. You're not definitely not taking from the Big East. You're definitely not taking from the SEC. You're probably definitely not taking from the ACC. So it's really Big East-type schools that you're going to need or Mountain West schools you are going to need to expand. So what two teams would you have put in there? I would have <laughs> – I mean, now that I think about my two choices, at least the second choice, I'm just trying to think back on what rumors were swirling. So I would have definitely preferred Louisville. That was, like, I think a mistake. I think we should have jumped on Louisville as fast as possible. Um, and then was there – am I crazy? But were there – was there a time where Clemson was, like, possibly going to join the Big 12? I feel like that was a strong rumor for several weeks. So this that whole ACC rumor started after we had already expanded to 10 – but there was like a period of time where there was strong rumors. And this was like maybe like three or four years ago or maybe five years. I'm not sure how long ago that it was going to be like Clemson, 
Florida State, Miami, and like one other uh, ACC school coming to the Big 12 to create a 14-team conference. And then the ACC network happened. They re-upped their grant of rights and all that type of stuff. So that was a little bit later on in the timeline. So Clemson, basically, that's not really in the realm of possibility. I would have definitely preferred Louisville at the very least. I think that was realistic. It's something that could have happened. It would have opened up more recruiting to the south, southeast area. And they were formidable in both sports. I mean, just a couple of years later, they were in the national title in basketball. I mean, just recently they had Lamar Jackson. I think that they're a solid program that that would have been a good addition. Um, ugh, I've probably have to, I'm going to have to think of another school to add instead of Clemson. Um, I was never really interested in Houston. I just don't, I have no interest in, in adding in another Texas school. Um, I don't know. I'm not to let you take, take, take this. Who, who are the two that you would have preferred? I th- well, I think, I think even now, as much as I don't like West Virginia, I think the correct call for the conference would have been Louisville and West Virginia. Um, I think you probably could have had conversations about Louisville and Cincinnati, Memphis, uh, Pitt. You could have done West Virginia, Pitt. Um, You could have done – that's really about it. (laughs) I certainly – I wouldn't really want to add Pitt. Um, Cincinnati would be interesting. Um, I mean, that would be be a fun team to add. It would be fun – just for from like a fan's perspective to have Cincinnati to be a place to go. Um, but absolutely, I wish we would have jumped on Louisville and been aggressive. Yeah, Louisville, not adding Louisville was a big mistake. I think ultimately the best decision would have been Louisville and West Virginia. Also gives a team a little bit closer to West Virginia. I mean, because, I mean, West Virginia, we saved them because they don't have a home in the SEC, ACC, Big Ten. No one wanted them, so we gave them a lifeboat. So they're not complaining about the travel, but it would have to suck to be a Louisville or a West Virginia team that their closest road trip is like Iowa State. Like, woof, that sucks. Yeah, I hate West Virginia. But I mean, I don't think that there were any other options. So this is this kind of bleeds into what we were talking about. Would, would the better of call have go, would have been to go west and get BYU and Colorado State? Would that have really been a – would Colorado State really be better than West Virginia? I could make an argument that BYU could, but, I mean, I don't really think Colorado State is. No, I mean, I mean, definitely not. And geographically, it's – like, BYU is basically the exact same distance from, like, Manhattan as, you know, West Virginia is. Um I don't know. I, I mean, if, if we were going to go west, and this hadn't quite happened yet, but, I mean, I want nothing to do with BYU. They're absolute weirdos. But I just think those, like, additions would be very weak. I mean, Colorado, we just lost Colorado, and we're going to add Colorado State, who is basically the worst Colorado. <laughs> I just don't think that that would have been a good move if we were going to go west. But I don't think this had happened yet. I would have preferred to just try to pick off Arizona schools. Yeah, yeah, that definitely was not in play at that time. Um so that kind of leads me to believe West Virginia and Louisville would have been the right call. So we'll, we'll keep moving on. The most recent thing that happened, this was just, you know, a couple of years ago, the Big 12 openly said that they were thinking about uh, adding more schools. Uh, and then basically it turned into a beauty pageant. It was BYU, Colorado State, uh, I think were the two big players west. But then the east you had Central Florida, South Florida, Memphis, Cincinnati, uh, I think Eastern Carolina, all these just basically the American conference. You had Houston, SMU. You had basic, like I said, basically the American conference come to Fort Worth to pitch the Big 12. Um, ultimately, obviously, nothing happened. We didn't add anyone. Were there any of those schools where you were like, yes, let's let's add these teams. Let's get up to 12 or 14, 16, whatever. Did any of those schools interest you enough to bring into the fold? No. I don't like that. I don't like, I don't like a conference getting to that number either. Um, I mean, you see it in the SEC right now. Who has what? Fourteen teams. I mean, well, it didn't have to be. It could have been twelve. Well, twelve maybe, but I just feel like it was. I don't know. I mean, unless you can tap into like a real solid TV market, uh, I just don't see much benefit to adding any of those teams. 
Well, and you're right, because the TV networks, the Big 12 executives, they didn't vote for it. There was one rumor out there, because it, I, think, I think the rules say it would have taken eight schools to approve to get someone in. Allegedly, Memphis had a majority. They had six of ten, um, but it didn't happen. I think that was mainly boosted by the CEO of FedEx claiming he would sponsor a championship game. He would dump all this money into a conference and all that type of stuff. But it ultimately didn't pass. I think Memphis was the closest one. It would just be really cool if we had a Memphis and forced people to go back to that stadium. Oh, the freaking worst stadium ever. Ugh. So that basically ends what has happened. Let's circle back to the Andy Staples conversation before we end with a bunch of hypotheticals. So first of all, would you be in favor of just a macro without even thinking about any of the teams would you be in favor of rating the Pac-12 and ending them as a power conference? Uh, I mean, my first instinct is no. I just don't. I, I alluded to this earlier. I don't like a conference that has that many teams. I mean, so many schools just don't play each other for several years. I just feel like it just destroys the culture of the conference. It feels weird. I think it would be logistically a nightmare to merge the Midwest with the West Coast. Um, the Pacific time zone is hell. Um, I don't know. It's just if it has to happen, I think we're in good position to rate them, though. I mean, and and we're gonna survive as a conference. I think that you know, ten years later, we are in in the opposite position, and I don't fear as much K State being left out. I think that there's a pretty damn good chance that when it's all said and done, we're going to be in a top tier conference. I agree with you. I don't. I don't think I'd want to. I don't think it's going to happen ultimately. Something Andy Staples failed to touch on uh, in his column is the Pac-12 and the Big 12 have crossover when it comes to TV deals. Pac-12's deal ends earlier. That's why he wrote the article. But Fox and ESPN would have to decide it would be worth more money to have just one conference, you know, in the quote-unquote West instead of having the Big 12 and Pac-12 to endorse us taking them over. ESPN and Fox would basically have to give us the blessing saying, hey, it would be worth it financially for you to do this and not be willing to pony up the money to save the Pac-12. And I just don't see that happening. So I I agree with you. I don't necessarily want it to happen. Um, But now it's going to get into the hypothetical game, the scenarios. The first question I have for you, this is the quote-unquote realistic conference type stuff so if you were starting from scratch but you could only use the big 12 schools the pac 12 schools byu and the american athletic conference and you could create your dream conference anywhere eight to 16 members what's the conference okay i'm a little confused by this outline because it says give me your dream big eight using any schools you want with no 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 look at 11 sub point a I know, I see that, but then the next point just... Kind of... Yeah, there's multiple hypotheticals. Okay, so okay. Have like so 10, build your yeah. dream conference. Minimum of eight. No, no, you're That's still looking eight. at the wrong No, I'm, I'm... Oh, yeah, no, you're All right. right. So... We bicker like an old married couple. Uh, shit. Um, so I guess I would... First, tell me your size. First, tell me your size. Oh, fuck. I fucked up. I basically skipped that one. Uh... Okay, I'll I'll go first. I'll give you some. I got everything else, but but that one. You you do that one first. Yeah. So I'm actually my dream, and again, this might be a cop out, but my dream is an eight team conference, and I'm basically taking the Big Twelve as is, kicking out Baylor and kicking out uh, West Virginia. I want and no no, I'm calling audible. Kicking out Baylor, kicking out TCU, kicking out West Virginia. I'm saying, straight, come on back, Colorado, and we have the new Big Eight of Iowa State, Colorado, KU, K State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Texas Tech. So that is what I'm doing. You have round robin football with, oh man, how many non conference games would that be? Five non conference games. So you have five non conference games, double round robin basketball with a lot more non conference games. Don't start conference play until the middle of January. Um, and that's what I'm doing. And this stupid, and it's stupid because I even made the parameters of this first question. 
But, you know, that's what I'm doing. That is my dream eight-team conference if those are the only like, school options I have. I pretty much agree with that. Like, I'm not – I would – I love the idea of an eight-team conference. Um, I think it's pretty much the perfect the perfect number. Um, and I don't really want to add anyone other than – so, yeah, let's go – let's just run through it. So I'll do K-State, KU, Oklahoma, Texas, Iowa – Iowa State, Oklahoma State. So I need two additions here. Uh, it'd be weird to bring back Colorado after after all we've been through. <laughs> huh. So there's no one in the Pac-12 that I mean, outside of Colorado, just because they're an original Big Eight member, that really entices me at all. And there's no one from the American Athletic Conference that entices me at all. I don't want to just do the same ex- exact thing that you did, though. <laughs> Well, in theory, you could say Arizona, Arizona State. I could, but they're just too far, man. Arizona's like Arizona's 18 hours away. That is insane. Um, so I will do. You know, I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep TCU despite how all the shit I've talked to them. And I will keep. Fuck, I can't remember who's in our conference right now. Fuck Baylor for sure. You haven't said Texas Tech? Tech. Yeah, I was going to say Tech. Um, I don't really like Texas Tech either. But I sure feel bad if I, uh, you know, just stabbed Patrick Mahomes in the back. So solely to please Patrick Mahomes, I'm going to keep Texas Tech in my big eight, and that's my big eight. And that's with his parameters. Now I'm going to tell you my dream big eight, though. Are you ready for that? No restrictions. K-State. No restrictions. K-State. KU, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas. That's probably my dream Big Eight. Let's Can you give that to me one more time? Because I want to make sure that I had that correct. What was it? One more time. K State, KU. Yep. Nebraska, uh-huh. Iowa, Iowa uh-huh. State. Yep. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and the Texas Longhorns. That's my dream. Is that seven? Eight. Oh, no, Nebraska. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm following you. Okay, so we actually have a pretty similar when it comes to a quote-unquote big eight. So I would do I, – I would start the same as you. KUK State, uh, Nebraska. I would have Iowa State. I would have Missouri. I would have oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, I would – well, hey, the, the hypotheticals keep going. So I have – K-State, KU, Iowa State, Nebraska, Missouri, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Texas, uh, and the Texas Longhorns. So that is my big eight. So now we're going to just up this two teams every single time until we get to 16. So then what would you do to get to 10? What two teams are you adding to get to 10? I would add Missouri, and I would add Arkansas. I like that because I'm going – Arkansas as well, because I think they should have been in the Big 12 from the get-go. And then at that point, I will add in Iowa as, as well. So we're sitting maybe at the exact same. I think so. 10 right now. I believe so. Okay, so now we have to get to 12. What are you doing to get to 12? You know, I desperately want LSU, but I just they're, I've been there, and they do not belong. <laughs> Those guys don't belong in this conference. Uh, they belong in the Deep South. They're a bunch of weirdos. So I'm going to go west, and I'm going to pick off the Arizona schools. I'm going Arizona and Arizona State. I'm Colorado's because they just they suck. So, that's, so we're going to differ here. I'm adding one school I know you're not going to add, and maybe this team will get in there as we keep going. But then at this point, I'm going Colorado and I'm going BYU. I think I think BYU brings something, especially in football. I know all the logistical nightmares they would cause. Uh, it, it would not be pretty, but those are the uh, those are the next two I'm adding. They have one of the coolest stadiums around. That that's part of it, and and you know what, Mormons are all over the place. I think that I I'm honestly just. I, I'm not surprised because of the makeup of the Pac-12. They were never going to add 
a private religious institution, let alone a Mormon institution. But man, they are a mass. They literally are not quite to the size of Notre Dame, but man, they carry the same type of stick that Notre Dame does. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised, but yeah, so those are my next two. All right, go up to 14. Are you staying West? What are you going to do? Rating the Pac-12 and I'm taking the biggest brands I can, USC and UCLA. See, I, I like where you're at there. I'm, I'm going to keep going west, but I'm going to stay out of California for all of this. I'm going to then add Utah so we can have the Holy War in the Big 12. And then I'm going to add Arizona State as my 14th. So we have two schools each. We both are in the exact same you know, demographic. We're all Big 12 originals and west. Who are you adding for your final two teams? I'm getting way up there, Pacific Northwest. Um Washington and Oregon, mainly because I just want to have the opportunity to travel there for games. That would be elite. There you go. I will take Arizona to match back up with their interstate person. And then I am going to be wild. I'm going to do the thing you said you weren't going to do. I would add LSU uh, just because, hey, geography, and I don't want any of those California or any of those states touching the Pacific Ocean, and LSU makes the most sense there. Yeah, I just would feel bad disrupting. They just belong, man. They're too tied. To, they're too tied to the South for me. But I do. Well, well, it is what it is. So that is, you know, our realignment episode. Uh, it literally went all over the place. It had some, you know, past recollection, wild hypotheticals, some article behind the paywall at the at, or at the athletic. Uh, it's been a hodgepodge of stuff, but it's been fun. I want all the boneheads. To tweet in dream conferences, whatever number you want, uh, do whatever whatever you want in your heart's desire. Do the you know eight to sixteen with the limited restrictions. I don't care. Just send us your conferences. Let's get a little interactive. Grant, before we go away, which of those dream conferences was your favorite? If you could pick just one of the six different conferences we made, what are you choosing? I'm probably going with that big eight, the dream big eight. Now don't you? Don't we have one more? You say if you can wave your magic wand and make it happen, if you had the power to do so, if you can do any conference that you want, that's how. That's I like literally what I asked. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> I I made another conference. Anyways, if you're interested. Wait, that that was different from. Yeah. 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 It's, oh. it's basically an original Big Twelve minus Baylor and Colorado, and adding Iowa State or Iowa and Arkansas. So it's KUK State, Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska, Colorado, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, Texas A&M. Arkansas, Missouri. That so why was wasn't my, that your answer to number to your twelve team conference? Basically, because um, I didn't read the first part correctly, <laughs> so I had it, and I just wanted to mix it up. But that's my dream twelve team right there. Hey, I love it. I love it. I think we that's covered it. this like probably ten times, anyways. So but I don't know if we've ever done it on pod, have we? Yeah, maybe. Who cares? They all run. Together. That's like a go to go to car conversation. So that's all I got. Uh, love you guys. Um, keep keep doing what you're doing. It's a uh, tough time for a lot of us right now. Just keep chugging along. Uh, we love you guys for all of this together. Uh, interact with us on Twitter. I'm sure uh, a lot of folks will have a lot of time on Twitter. Grant not so much during the week, but he's pretty active when he punches out. So. Uh, that's all I got, Grant. Uh, I'm going to start giving you the last word as long as this pandemic's going. You can give people hope. You can give people information. You can do whatever you want. I am not even going to touch on it. I think that people could use a little distraction. Let's just – how about this? Let's end on a um, movie or a show recommendation for for your downtime. I'll start. Uh, a movie okay. on – and this is actually a personal recommendation for you. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. Nightcrawler, you need to watch that movie already. I mean, come on. It's a great movie. And then I recently watched the movie Moon on Netflix the other day. I really enjoyed it. Um, Sam Rockwell on the moon. Great movie. Um, if you haven't, if you have HBO, I recommend watching Barry or Band of Brothers or True Detective Season 1. What recommendations do you have? Well, if it's going to be an ongoing thing for a while, you just kind of unloaded the chamber a bit. I would say uh, I just watched Onward. It's the new Disney Pixar movie that's already on Disney+. Plus. Uh, that is a very good little movie if you want uh, nothing too deep or hardcore and 
you just want to laugh and smile. That's a good one. Um, recently, I've been watching Friends from College on Netflix. I think it's funny. Uh, I got canceled after just two seasons, so what do I know? And then uh, Drive on Netflix. I watched Drive, and that was also really good. So those are my recommendations for the week. All right, folks. Stay safe out there. Uh, I don't have much to add, I'm sure. I mean, I'm not an expert by any means. One of the platform earlier so that people would hopefully start paying attention. But I think everyone's paying attention now, so um, it's a little bit uh, coronavirus overload. So let's just – I'll just keep on keeping on and meet me at the Cathead. Sports Social Podcast Network.